Welcome to Cinderella Has Cellulite, a show about love, romance, and how to make it all last. Relationship expert Donna R. Weitzman draws on her years of experience in and out of the dating game to unwrap the mysteries behind the all-too-familiar fairy tale. Tune in to find out the secrets behind first dates, second marriages, and everything in between. From his friends and her friends to X's and O's, this is Cinderella Has Cellulite. And now, your host, Donna Arp Weitzman. Hey, Zach. Hey, Donna. Where were you Saturday morning about 3 o'clock? Oh, gosh. You know, I was probably sleeping, you if I had to be honest. You did not wake up and see Harry and Megan? 6 a.m. on a Saturday is a lot to ask of a young man, Donna. <laughs> I was in Las Vegas, and out there it was 4 a.m. in the morning. And you were up? No. <laughs> so you didn't watch it either. You know why? Because I knew t- cable news would show it over and over and over. That's so, the wonder of social media. We'll get the highlights. Yeah, yeah. I got up at you know seven o'clock, got my coffee, and sat down and watched those two lovebirds. What were you doing out in Las Vegas? Mm, I just went out there to actually do some shopping and oh yeah, go to dinner okay. with my husband. Sure, shopping yeah, and dinner. That's yeah, what you do in Vegas. Of that's course. a good time. I, but I stayed away from the tables. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's tough. You know, my son asked me, "Mom, did you win any money?" I said, "I did." even sit at the table this time yeah i'm so discouraged with it really yeah i'm a, I, that's how i am with gambling i just assume i'll lose I mean, that's I what just I better, better just not and or, you know yeah. what they say about that have What's you that? ever heard uh, assume assume the sale is made have you ever heard this no all right there is a for those of you out there who like to influence people win friends be a good salesman mm. there's a mental thing in your head that you have to assume that the sale is made or you have to assume you're going to win it's yeah. the it's the positive thinking kind of thing a confidence thing uh-huh. but i don't have it when i go to the table no not at no. all it leaves me i i mean if why why would they th- why would they do it if there wasn't potential for the casino to win right like why would they offer that service at the end of the day <laughs> it seems like a loss I just shouldn't do it. But what did you think of the royal wedding? Well, only in the United States, only in the United States, would they be betting in Las Vegas on the wedding. They were betting on the wedding? They were betting on what she was going to wear, what designer it was. Was it American? Was it, you know, British? Was it, but in, I think it was Givenchy. I think it was French. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Megan has a mind of her own. She doesn't have to go along to get along. uh, Yeah. She, she, she has to inject a little bit of that, uh, independence mm-hmm. into the royal mm-hmm. family. I think it's mm-hmm. important in any American, and I appreciate that she's bringing that to the table. I do, too, and I'm glad that Harry chose an American. Way to go, Harry! Way to go, Harry. You know, something I did see that I thought was really cool, uh, that I that I thought was, was maybe underscored a little bit, but that, and that's okay. That's kind of mm-hmm. the point. Uh, the Me- Megan's uh, mother, Doria Ragland, mm-hmm. showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she wore a pale green dress, and she sat by herself, single mom, didn't cause a scene. Just I Just showed up it. to her daughter's wedding, played it cool. I was like, way to go, Doria. I yeah. loved it. You know, Megan must get part of that independent strength from her mother and her I, yeah. strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, and I, her strength. She'd have to, right? Yeah. 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 I just wonder what it's going to be like when Harry comes to the United States all the time to visit the family. That's going to be so fun. I hope he has to stop in in Dallas. You know, I, I'm not sure. I, I heard there was a little bit of a uh, little bit of issues with with Megan's family. Uh-huh. I heard they were a little on the uh-huh. fence, but uh-huh. I guess that's that's about as red-blooded American as you get, right? Well, Everybody's you know, Har- Harry grew up a royal, and uh, he's the the heir. Uh, he's the spare to the heir, so sure. I'm sure he's had plenty of ups and downs. And I think in a weird way, he probably appreciates the crazy family a little bit. That's I what think I'm can, thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the song when they pick Stand By Me. 
Benny King. Yeah, see, I think that had an, a real ulterior motive, a real intrinsic, they're going to stand by each other. It's a good tune. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was the excitement in Vegas. I yeah. guess it was the excitement around the world. It seems like it. Everybody mm-hmm. was talking about it. Every yeah. every news site I looked at, everybody, royal wedding pictures and the gift bags they gave away and what they were wearing and, and who did what and, and whether or not the pastor gave a good speech i don't know and yeah, putting ten dollars down on a british designer versus an american designer That's but right. you know talking about royal weddings mm-hmm. of course there was the famous royal wedding in the 1980s yeah and uh, prince charles and princess diana oh yes and today we thought it would be a really fun mm-hmm. to bring on a local author who's actually well known around the world who's been to parties around the world and probably covered the prince charles princess diana wedding we have nancy smith here nancy smith wave to the camera hello all the audience out there the listeners hello donna <laughs> thank you for having me today oh we're delighted nancy smith if you've not read her books just go to amazon right now check it out i think you've got several books don't you nancy Here's, I have two recent ones. But you've got a bunch through the years. Oh, I've had eight. Eight, eight. books. And let me tell you a little bit about Nancy before we get started. I'm going to tell you about her books. Nancy Smith was a society writer. I guess that's what they call it, social writer mm-hmm. for the Dallas Morning News. Uh, well, you were Times Herald to start with, right? No, I was at the Morning News. To Morning begin with. News. Sorry, sorry, Times Herald. I know you're not out there anymore. <laughs> but I know the Dallas Morning News is, and that's probably because Nancy was your society writer. <laughs> but uh, how many years did you write about society? I wrote all the way from 1977 to 1991. Oh, my gosh. Did you ever meet Liz Smith? Yes, I did. Yeah, one time. the Texan uh, that yes, lived up in New York. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was from Texas. Yeah, and I think uh, Susie Knickerbocker, I think, was originally from Texas too. Oh my gosh, what is it about these Texas grand dames who write about society and become a part of society? Did you cover the Prince Charles Princess Diana wedding? No, but I covered every party that was in Dallas <laughs> during that that weekend. I had to get up very early. In fact, I had to get up at three o'clock in the morning and be at a party. Oh my gosh! In the middle a party. of Highland Park, and everybody had to dress formally as though they were going to the wedding. That's the earliest you probably ever put on a formal dress, right? Right. There was no sleep for me or anybody else that night. Nancy, how many parties have you covered? Well, one time the Dallas Times Herald put out a billboard and it said I had uh, covered three thousand. Three thousand. But that was many years ago. Yeah. So I probably covered at least three, four thousand after that. Oh so you probably Zach, can you imagine? She's probably been to somewhere between five and ten thousand society parties. <laughs> that is that's crazy. Wild. That's yeah. crazy. It's hard to get those numbers. How in the world do you dress for that? I mean, oh, do I you ever wear whole, the same thing? Well, I had a whole closet that was just fall gowns. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. If we ever want an 80s party, can we come over to your closet? Oh, definitely. You yes. <laughs> I, I still have all those 80s fall gowns still hanging Who there. Who was your That's favorite designer? Well, I, I had uh, Christian Lacroix was a oh, of fun course. one. I had Oscar de la Renta. Oh. You know, I had a lot of really wonderful designer gowns back then. Oh, how wonderful. Well, let's talk about your books, because now you really spend a lot of time writing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you still go to lots of parties, because I see you at parties, and I know you're at a lot of <laughs> and parties. And, you not. give a lot of parties yourself. <laughs> I, I love know to, that. I love to give parties. Bigger but parties. let's talk about, I guess we're going to start off with the kind of, not the brand new one, but the one you wrote, what, two years ago, maybe? Uh-huh. And it's called Churchill on the Riviera. Matt, I hope we're getting a good picture of this. Can we see it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's there. Churchill on the Riviera. And 
and tell us why you talk about oh and there's a beautiful picture of nancy on the back wow with, oh, yeah. is that coco that's, chanel that's wendy reeves wendy reeves yes a new york model who dated Cary grant and wendy reeves was a texan no Yes, she was from uh, East Texas. East Texas. Boy, the East Texas girls are so pretty. But anyway, uh, Churchill on the Riviera, and tell us why it's named Winston Churchill or Churchill on the Riviera. Well, Winston Churchill loved to go to the Riviera. What, whichever host or hostess would invite him, he would show up because uh, you just could not keep him away from the Riviera. He didn't like all the cold climate of England. Okay. And so at every possible uh, uh, opportunity, he would go straight to this villa, that villa. And so when uh, Coco Chanel built the Villa La Palza in 1929, it was wow. built by her and Churchill's best friend, the Duke of Westminster. Oh, wow. Now, wait a minute. When you say it was built by them, were they partners? Were they lovers? Lover, were they, lovers. Oh, they were lovers. Yes. Okay, I don't know this. A lot of history here with Coco <laughs> Chanel. Go ahead, Nancy. Yes, so they had been together for about three years, and Coco decided that they should have a wonderful little domestic place for them to go where they could uh away from paris uh, away from london right mm-hmm. where they could be over the beautiful mediterranean so uh she talked him into uh helping her build the villa la Pausa, which is recreated at the dallas museum of art oh with all and to which wendy reeves donated 43 impressionist paintings by renoir van wow. gogh monet and Sisley, on and on and on. Wow. Well, walk us through that history. So um, she was, Coco Chanel was lovers with the Duke of Westminster. Westminster. And they built this this chateau, I suppose, or something on the Riviera Mm -hmm. in in France. Uh Uh-huh. It was a villa. On the French side. Villa. And then what happened to them? And why did they get rid of the chateau or the villa? Well, the villa is still there. And in fact, it's been bought by Chanel. So if you were Chanel, Chanel number company. five, okay. yes, the okay. Chanel uh, company bought it in 2015. Oh, wow. So it's being made into a very exclusive, beautiful resort. Remember how the greenhouse yes. was in Dallas? Yes. Well, that's what they're doing with the Villa La Pausa oh. in, uh, just to the east of Monaco. So it's going to be the fanciest fat farm, Zach, exactly. probably in the United <laughs> States. I mean, in the world, not yeah. even the United States. Probably the fanciest fat farm in the world because sure. Coco Chanel had no fat. I mean, she must have had like zero fat. Right. Oh, I don't. I think absolutely <laughs> because all the clothes. I think she put them around herself first, <laughs> make sure that they look good, and then they look good on all the models. And now everybody wishes that they looked equally good in a Chanel. Mm. Zach, let me ask you: Do millennials know anything about this history? Not a lot. Not no. a lot. At least me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a millennial. Man, maybe it makes a difference if we had a millennial woman, but as far as I know, no. Now that, the millennial uh, wom- women know about Coco Chanel, right? Because they see the Chanel stores everywhere. Sure. Oh, even I, I'm familiar with the name. I don't know enough about the woman, but yeah, yeah I yeah. know Coco Chanel. Sure. Okay, so she's ma- she uh, has this love affair with the, the Duke, and then what happens to the love affair? Well, uh, just about the next year, he decided, Winston Churchill said, you cannot marry Coco Chanel. She was an orphan. She was oh, poor, born no in a poor house. And no so, royal blood in that. Oh, in those I mean, absolutely. Just almost a homeless person. And oh. so he talked her, uh, he talked uh, the Duke of Westminster into marrying uh, a, an aristocrat of from England. Of course he did. And so uh, they got married. 
and immediately didn't like each other anymore, and he went right back to Coco Chanel. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. And so that, how long did they stay together? Well, uh, for about the next five or six years, but he, he died in 1953, oh. and after he died, that's what made Coco Chanel think it's time to sell the villa. Oh. So then she sold the villa to Emery and Wendy Reeves. And talk to us about Emery and Wendy Reeves. I know if you're from Dallas, you know the name because they lived here in Dallas. Right. Fabulous. When, well, they actually, they never lived here. Oh, really? Really. Oh. Because uh, she lived in Marshall. And she had okay, never, Texas, yes. She had mm-hmm. never set foot in Dallas before she gave the entire collection of Impressionist paintings to the Dallas Museum of Art. Are you kidding? I'm seri- serious. That's wow. exactly the way it happened. So she lived in Marshall, Texas, and she went to New York, I suppose, as a... Uh, as a model. As a model. Uh-huh. And how did she meet Mr. Reeves? Well, in New York. In New York. Uh-huh. And, but was he from Dallas? Oh, no, no. He was no? from Hungary. From Hungary. Originally. Okay. And he was the person that put together the syndicate for which Winston Churchill wrote. Oh. Well, now, let me ask then, why did she choose the Dallas Museum of Art to well, give her paintings? Because uh, Harry Parker used to be the Dallas Museum of Art director. Uh, he took the associates over there uh, in, well, it's about three or four years before Emory died. Into he went to France to see they, the they villa. They went there mm-hmm. and they had arranged to go to the Villa La Palza. Mm-hmm. And when uh, they got there, Emery was too sick to uh, let them come into the villa. And Wendy had to call Harry Parker and say, oh. "I'm so sorry, uh, all of you wonderful people cannot come to the villa today." But I hope in the future we'll have a long-standing relationship. Oh boy, do they ever! <laughs> <laughs> so Harry Parker made such a great impression. He was so uh, gracious toward Wendy; she never forgot that. So when it came time to deciding where to take all of those wonderful uh-huh. paintings, she uh, called, or Harry called her and said, "I understand uh, Emery has passed away. We would love to have those paintings at the Dallas Museum of Art." So she said, please come, let's talk about it. And that's a permanent collection at the DMA yes, here in Dallas. Yes, it sure is. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can see them anytime. Mm-hmm. Did she have children? Uh, she had one son, mm-hmm. and he was born in Hawaii mm-hmm. when uh, for, she was married uh, when she was 17 years old oh. and moved to Hawaii, and her husband was in the military. Okay. So she became a model after she became a mother. Right, right. Wow, wow. And so what made you want to write Churchill and the Riviera? What was your motivating factor? Well, I was so fortunate that I got to know Wendy so well that she invited to be, me to be her guest twice at the Villa La Palza in uh, close to Monaco. So uh, when I went over there, I had no idea what was going to happen to me. And as it turns out, she wouldn't let anybody actually stay at the Villa La Palza. She put me at the Hermitage Hotel, which is the most beautiful hotel in all of Monaco, (laughs) in a room overlooking the yacht basin with a palace of, uh, well, Princess Grace by that point had already died. But uh, Prince Rainier's palace was right across the yacht basin wow so zach when uh you know the big day comes for you Mm -hmm. uh, is uh paris and you know the the riviera on your uh you know i've I've been doing with the idea of travel because Uh um you know while 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 throwing a big wedding is a lot of fun i think um 
I don't know. Sometimes going out. a small a small wedding and a big um, yeah big you know honeymoon big honeymoon so bad. yeah sure lots to think about. You start to there. mix the two. You can uh, get into like a loping. Uh, <laughs> Certainly some possibilities. Yeah, and I, you know I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time overseas, but I've never made it over to Paris, and I, I gotta. I got to check it out at some point, yeah, right? You, How can you not? And the Riviera. And the Riviera, of course. Of course. It's Churchill just, was a fan. It's really a hop and a skip to the Riviera. Yeah. You can take a train. You can drive. You, Yeah. I mean, not hitchhike, probably. There's ways to make yeah. it over there. Mm-hmm. But so, you can, I'm you curious, Nancy, I wanted to ask, how did you go from being a, 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 a society writer for, for Dallas, Dallas Morning News to, to writing... What is essentially like history, getting into like really, really kind of older stories. How'd that happen? Well, I went to Europe uh, 12 times. 12 times. Okay. And every, every opportunity, somebody would say, oh, well, one time we were on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, <laughs> where we went there to Saint-Tropez, and then we ended up back in Paris. Anyway, I went, uh, when I was uh, 14 years old, my mother sent me to uh, Europe, to Switzerland, to study European culture. So uh, I came back, just everything that ever crossed my path about France, I wanted to know. Yeah. So then finally, uh, I noticed that nobody ever talked about the 19th century. They talked about Napoleon, which was the very early 19th century, and they talked about uh, the Belle Epoque, which was the Moulin Rouge, sure. and all that. And then they went right into World War I, World War II, never even talked about what happened between about 1850 and 1870. And right there in the middle was the Franco-Prussian War, Mm -hmm. which was one of the most strategically terrible wars that ever happened because it led to uh, communism, it led to the total uh, destabilization of Europe, and it was a huge war, and nobody in America knows very much about it. And yet, Karl Marx was right across the pond in England, writing about how wonderful the Commune of Paris was as as a, an example of what a country like Russia could do with communism to make it uh, a proletariat for all the people. So uh, we have been totally directly influenced by what happened during that period of history, but they don't even teach it at SMU. I, I graduated from SMU. They don't teach it there. Right. They don't teach it uh, in high schools at all. So I got really deeply into studying that period, and I started giving speeches to ladies' groups. They didn't know anything about it either. Mm. Hmm. So it was like discovering an unknown period of French history, which made Paris the way it is right now. The reason the people like Donna love to go to Paris yeah. is it's so beautiful and it was revitalized under Napoleon III, the emperor, and his uh, empress was Empress Eugenie. And uh, she was absolutely the prototype uh, of Scarlett O'Hara. So, th- so that goes into, that is so interesting, that goes into why you wrote your most recent book, which is the original Scarlett O'Hara, similarity to the French Empress Eugenie, who impacted the Civil War, Mexico, the Lincoln White House, and the Gilded Age. This is magnificent. Tell us about Princess Eugenie and, or she was an empress, and what, tell us all about it. I'm excited. There actually is a Princess Eugenie, and she's the granddaughter of Queen Elizabeth. She's the one with the funky hat. That's right, Uh and Beatrice, remember? Uh Yes. Very funky hats. Uh And uh, her uh, uh, godmother was Victoria 
Eugenia, Eugenie, okay. who was the uh, a goddaughter of Empress Eugenie. So wow. the name goes straight back to Empress Eugenie. Wow. And that's how she got her name. Where was French, uh, Princess Eugenie, Eugenie from, or the Empress? Was she, she French? No, she was from Spain. She was from she Spain. She was born in Granada. Okay. And there's such a division between Spain and France. The language, of course, is different. Mm-hmm. The pyramids are, uh, the Pyrenees mm-hmm. are in the middle. And so a lot of the people in France never understood what her background was. Mm-hmm. It turned out that she had uh, a man that she loved ever since she was 18 years old. And she and her sister both vied for the same man. Uh-oh. He was the most handsome man in Madrid oh. in the 1830s all the way up to the 1860s. Wow. And finally, uh, the sister died, and Eugenie thought, oh, now it's my chance. I'm <laughs> going to be, uh, I'm going to bring him to Paris, and we're going to be companions. I'm going to ease Napoleon III, my husband, out of the way, and we're going to control both France and Spain. Wow, she was an aggressive... Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. a firecracker. Yeah, <laughs> she was. So she she tried to... She was like a little Napoleon who tried... <laughs> I mean, you know, I hope Megan doesn't get ideas about trying to take over all of Europe. I know. <laughs> but it would be like if Megan married Harry, and then suddenly they decided, oh, well, there's Germany out there. Let's take over Germany. So Let's she has take a lover from Spain. Germany. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's what really what Eugenie tried to do in conjunction with this man in Spain that she had loved all of her life and the relationship went all the way up into their 80s she still loved him when she was in her 80s all the way until he died in 1909 wow and so it's it's absolutely one of the great love stories of all history that nobody knows anything about is it in here yes i want to read this book well now why scarlett o'hara why did she um you know why did um why was she modeled after princess eugenie well margaret mitchell or empress i should say as it turned Mm -hmm. out margaret mitchell loved uh, a man their first love was a man that she knew in college. She was about to go to Smith, and they fell in love the summer right before she went to Smith, and he was shipped off to World War I. So they communicated constantly, we're going to marry after he got back, and he was killed. And that was the biggest heartbreak of her life. So uh, even though she had never been to France in her life, Mm -hmm. she gave part of the royalties to uh, France to restore a village after World War II. Wow. So that was one of the last things that she ever did because she died in 1949 in okay. Atlanta, and she had never been to Paris, never been to France, but yet she was sending money to restore a French village, obviously in the memory of this man that she loved so much. Wow. Okay, so you think she modeled, and, and, and you talk about that in the book, she modeled her character Scarlett O'Hare after Princess or Empress Eugenie. Yes, because mm-hmm. the basis of Gone with the Wind is an unrequited That's love. That's right. Scarlett mm-hmm. just chased she after Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> she was not going to do anything until she could get mm-hmm. Ashley. Mm-hmm. So 
the same thing with Eugenie. She chased after this man named Pepe, the Duke of Sesto, <laughs> all the way until she was 80 years old. <laughs> Even then, she, w- she had built a villa on the Riviera, and she was sending in messages saying, please come and visit me. Uh, I think we would love to be here on the Mediterranean so much. Wow. You would love the scenery here. Wow. So it's uh, the original Scarlet O'Hara. And it's by Nancy Smith, and they can get it on Amazon. Yes, or, or they can contact BarnesandNoble.com or any of those. Okay, BarnesandNoble.com. They can also get Churchill on the Riviera. Uh-huh. I love that, but I've, I'm going to have to. I've read that. I read Churchill and the Riviera, and I actually thought Nancy, when it's a fairly big book, and I thought, oh, this is going to take me a while. I was so interested when I started reading it that I literally read it over two or three days. I oh. could not put it down. So I have a feeling this is going to be the same way. Uh, only Nancy Smith can give you the perspective for the viewers and the listeners of someone who's been to these parties, someone who knows how these people think. You lived around these people that have. These these great love affairs, these great parties, these bigger than life. They live bigger than life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she doesn't have to write about politics. How fresh is that? <laughs> so love and relationships is what we like to talk about here. And you are the empress of love and relationships. Oh, you're the empress of relationships. <laughs> no, I, lo- I-, I love your relationship with her, Weitzman. No, you all, you all are just as close as Harry and Megan. <laughs> well, Herb is a prince, that's for sure. So, um, And, of course, I have my millennials sidekick zach who uh gives me all the fresh ideas from the yes. millennial standpoint yeah whatever mm-hmm. you need i'm yeah. here for for counsel ideas. for yes. counsel for sure. ideas for thoughts zach what do you think about these great love affairs i'm i'm genuinely intrigued my my dad's a history teacher and hearing mm. about stuff like this the little the little i don't want to say back alley but mm. the behind the scenes stuff you know the things that didn't quite make the textbooks but are arguably just as important it's really interesting to you me. know this franco-prussian war I've always heard about it, but knew nothing about it. Zero. Because it was France and Russia, I suppose, parts of Eastern Europe. Or Germany. Was it Germany? Well, okay. Germany mm-hmm. became Germany at the end of the Franco-Prussian War. See? I, I know so little about it. So will I learn something about it when I read these books? I hope so. Oh, I, bet I, I feel totally. No, <laughs> I, bet I do. I tried my. I, I poured my heart out into these books. Oh. So I hope you learn a lot, oh, Donna. Nancy is very special. We're so lucky in Dallas to have Nancy Smith, and yeah. I know she goes all over the country and probably back to Europe when we don't know she's probably sneaking back over there but zach are we not lucky to have someone with all this knowledge i think well, you'll you. you'll know if you're at a party worth being at <laughs> absolutely i want to see you at a party yeah absolutely. i know i need to, i need to why aren't i getting invites to these things what's going on here did yeah. your feet ever just say i can't do another party today mm. oh absolutely i went to during the Republican convention in 1984, I went to eight parties in one day. Oh, oh That was wow. my record. Oh, wow. I've never submitted it to the Guinness World of Liquor <laughs> Records, but maybe I should. Yeah, I think you should. 84. <laughs> was that Reagan Bush? 84? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Reagan Bush. Big year. Right. Yeah, sure. That Lots was. of parties. Lots of oh, big absolutely. sleeves oh, going on on clothes. Lots well, yeah. of big you know oh, those yes. are all coming back the big sleeves again so well, good well mm-hmm. i love the formal look mm-hmm. i still as i said i still have a lot in my closet uh, and we'll i like the those. big hair you know yeah i mean I, I know everybody wants a very sleek look these days but i think eventually everybody will get tired oh, of that definitely. and the big hair will come back yeah we'll oh, quit yeah. doing it in a bun or something so it's going to come back mm. so nancy you've been a delight zach you have any other questions for nancy if not 
Uh, we're just delighted to have you today. How Thank lucky! How lucky are we? Yeah. Oh, so well, much for how lucky am I? <laughs> Thank you, Donna. You're such a wonderful friend, and uh, Zach, so, so so great to meet such a great new friend. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Zach is yeah, the Nate best Smith. sidekick ever. Aww. So we will see you soon. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. We have another fun guest on. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, it'll be go up. The full Facebook Live will go up on Monday. Memorial Day. Memorial Day yes. of this. We've got a teaser out there, so you. Can see a little bit. Zach, how do they find our podcast? You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa. I'm pretty sure if you say wow. play Cinderella Cellulite, we start playing, which is crazy. Yay. Yes. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Let us know what you got going on in your life and get involved with the show. And remember the books, Churchill on the Riviera, uh, the original Scarlett O'Hara, and of course, Cinderella has Cellulite is always out there, Sex and the Siren, and my new memoir, Indeed. The Wind Blew Innocent. Yeah. Next time, Nancy Smith, thank you. Thank you, Donna. See you next what time. What a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Zach, we're out of here.